Thank you for listening to the Calvary Church Podcast. If this ministry has been a blessing to you, would you let us know? Send an email to toledocalvary.org. We would love to hear what God is doing in your life today. Well, good morning, Calvary. Hey, so good to see you today. Grab your Bibles with me, if you would, please. Turn to Psalm 1. Psalm 1, the very first one. And uh, I got a little bit of a raspy throat today. Will you put up with me? Semi-confident. Okay, all right. And uh, welcome those of you that are joining us online as well. I don't know about you, but I've got these songs that every time I hear them, they take me back to another place. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like, and a lot of times they're, they're connected to something that happened in a summer. Like, I've got one song, every time I hear it, I can picture myself in my junior high best friend's basement, up against the radio, just waiting for the song to start so we could hit record on the tape player. Does anybody know what I mean? <laughs> Too cheap to buy the CD. Actually, I don't think our moms allowed us to buy the CD. You know what I mean. And you're just waiting. Every time I hear that song, I'm back in his basement. I got a song that every time I hear it, I picture myself, I can feel it sitting in my car, windows down, driving home at night. Rhonda was my high school sweetheart. Every time I hear that song, I can remember cranking that in my car, going home from her house, back to my house, and my heart still goes pitter-patter. Like the, the summer we got married, I worked a job as a high school custodian, and every time I can, I can hear those songs, it takes me back to cleaning windows and mopping floors, and so excited about the things that were ahead for us as we launched into this new adventure. I don't know about you, but we've got songs for our family that are like, like they're tied to different vacations that every time you hear that song, it takes you back to those places, those things that you did. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I got worship songs that when I hear them, they take me back to the season, many of them difficult seasons. But when I hear those songs, I'm reminded not just of that season, but of a God who saw me through it, of a God who was there in that season of my life. One of the things we're gonna look at in these next few weeks is how the book of Psalms becomes a soundtrack for the seasons of our lives. See, the book of Psalms is actually a, a book of songs. It was the songbook that was collected by the Jewish priest so that the church would have these songs, so that the Jewish people would have these songs that could be used for worship, could be used for their personal lives, could be used in corporate settings. And this book of songs is the soundtrack for our lives. That's why at the beginning you heard from Pastor Jay and Pastor Chris. You'll hear some more of those kind of stories as we go through this series because we want you to know that, that there are different people who have different psalms that become kind of a, a bedrock, be, become a, a familiar tune, become a soundtrack, if you will, for the spiritual seasons of our lives. So for the next five or six weeks or so, we're, we're gonna take a look at some specific psalms. We're gonna look at them and look at how God used them to impact people in different seasons of their lives, of, of our lives. And today, we're gonna jump in and we're gonna start with the very first one. We're gonna hit the introduction. We're gonna start with Psalm 1. Here's a little background information on the psalms. There's 150 of them. And they're arranged in five different books. Now, now the reason I say arranged is because you have these songs from all kinds of different periods in Israel's history. It, it's not like we have the first one and then they're chronological to the end. 
They've been arranged at some point by probably a, a priest or by a collection of priests that probably happened after the Jewish exile, if you're familiar with the history of Israel. So after the Jewish exile, near the end of the Old Testament, they probably took these songs and collected them in a way so that in the temple and in the synagogues, they would have this songbook that by the time of Jesus was referred to as the Psalms. The timeline for these, these songs that we sing spreads out throughout the Old Testament. The, the oldest goes back to about the time of Moses, and then the newest ones go all the way back to kind of the very end of the Old Testament after they came out of exile in Babylon. And you have all these different songs that are written during that time. Some of them come with, with details, like they tell you who wrote them, and they tell you when they were written, and others of them, like the one we're gonna look at today, Psalm 1, you, you don't know anything about. As some theologians refer to that as an orphan psalm, and that's Psalm 1. We don't know who wrote it. We don't know when it was written. We don't know for sure why it was written. Now, we know that the psalms were written by different people. If I were to say to you, who wrote most of the psalms, you would probably say to me that it was King David. You get an A-plus for today. Good job, Tommy. That was great. Yeah, yeah. Many of them were written by King David. 73, at least we know, have his name attached to them. When you start, it says this is a psalm of David. Maybe even some of the ones that are unattributed, maybe they were written by David as well. 14 of them, and we'll see this as we go in, in future weeks, 14 of them, it actually tells us when he wrote them and why. He was in a cave. He's being chased by Saul. It was a celebration of some kind for some reason or another. But David didn't write all of them. Over the period of time, uh, there's, there's 11 of them that were written by the sons of Korah, 12 that were written by Asaph. We know that at least two were written by Solomon, and one of them goes all the way back to Moses at the beginning of the Old Testament. And then many of them, we don't know who wrote them. They're, they're just there, and we're not sure. How, how many of you remember your English class in high school? How many of you, actually, maybe I should ask this. How many of you don't remember your English class in high school? And why? I mean, maybe I should ask that. That's none of my business. Okay, so, and if you were in English, you probably at some point had a literature component, and you learned that there were different kinds of literature. But you didn't say kinds or types of literature. You had to sound fancy and educated, so you would say that there were different genres. Have you ever heard that word? Say it with me. Genre. Don't you feel better about yourself just saying it? One more time. Genre. Well, there's different genres of psalms as well. Some of them are psalms of lament. That means they're sad. It means that someone's going through a tough time. Actually, a full third of the psalms are psalms of lament. Have you ever read any of these sad ones? I mean, you're talking sad ones. It's like the blues had a baby with country music. These are sad songs. And they get you in the heart. Some of them are psalms of lament. We'll look at that in the weeks ahead. Some of them are hymns, like hymns of praise or hymns of thanksgiving to God. There's a whole collection of them that we refer to as royal psalms because they have to do with the king, many of them King David, and attributing worth and honor and ceremony to the king. And when you, when you sing those psalms, when you read those psalms, those actually point ahead to Jesus as well, don't they? Some of them are what's referred to as Torah Psalms because they talk about the value of Torah, which is God's word, his law, his, his word. Psalm 119 that Pastor Chris spoke about is a great example of that. And then some of them, like the one we're gonna look at today, is what's called a wisdom psalm. And a wisdom psalm is much like the, when you read the book of Proverbs, 
that it gives you a piece of wisdom. And usually it says you have a choice. You, you can choose between this and that. And here's the details behind it. And here, here's the consequences of each. And here's why wisdom says you make one choice over the other. And today we're gonna look at one that's kind of a combination. Psalm one speaks about the Torah, so it's kind of a Torah psalm, but ultimately it's a wisdom psalm. And by the time we're done with this psalm today, you're gonna have a choice to make. What are you going to do with the choice that this unnamed psalmist at some time gave to us as an introduction to the book of Psalms? So, so we're gonna jump into Psalm one, and, and here's what I hope you'll see, that it's not just some song that they slapped at the beginning. Like, I'd never really thought about this. Psalm one is actually an introduction to this whole book. You got 150 of them, and for some reason, they chose Psalm one, for some reason, let's be honest, God chose Psalm one to be the first one. Because you know when you read a book and you, you have an introduction, it, it's usually a place where the author says to you, here's why I wrote the book, and here's how you'll find value of it. Here's how you should read it. And here's hopefully what you'll get out of the book. Well, that's Psalm 1. Psalm 1's the introduction that speaks to us about the rest of the songs, Israel's songbook that we have in the book of Psalms. So let's jump in. Psalm 1, verse 1 says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. That sounds good, doesn't it? Not so the wicked, they're like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous, for the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. We have here an introduction to the 150 Psalms that we find in the Old Testament, and today we're just gonna very simply just kind of walk through these verses in Psalm 1 and see what this introduction teaches to us. So let's go back. Psalm 1, verse 1, first few words say this, blessed is the one well, what does that mean when he starts out with the word blessed? Well, blessed means happy, successful, prosperous. In fact, what you'll find when you look at Psalm 1 and Psalm 2, they've been strategically put at the beginning with the idea of blessing on the front and back end. It kind of bookends the beginning to let you know that if you'll let this book become the soundtrack of your life, there's blessing waiting for you. That there's blessing if you'll allow these scriptures to influence who you are and how you live. And so he says, you will be blessed, you, you will be happy. Have you ever seen different links that you'll, you'll find on social media, or you see it online, that will say to you, here's seven keys to success. Anybody ever found that? Four easy steps to happiness. Who's ever clicked? <laughs> Who's lying, right? Because they're tempting, right? Because right away, that's why they call it clickbait. Because right away you go, oh, I'll take seven easy steps. <laughs> I need four keys. And that's what the psalmist is saying. He says, look, you wanna be happy? You wanna be prosperous? Do you wanna be successful? Then let me show you how this songbook can help you. He said, blessed is the one. Who is the one? Well, he says, dear reader, I hope it's you. I hope you'll sing this song. I hope you'll see that what we're about to talk about can open up the doors for you, can create a way for you to experience God's blessing and his favor, that he can prosper you, that he can 
help you to find joy and happiness. So he says, Psalm 1, verse 1, we'll read the rest of the verse, blessed is the one who does not. Isn't that interesting? He goes right to the negative. He doesn't go right to blessed is the one who does this. He says, first, let me warn you, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. He gives us this really interesting progression there to help us to kind of see how important it is that he's saying to us. Because he says, look, if you want to be blessed, if you want to see God's favor in your life, then what you will not do is kind of walk or move in the direction of the wicked and you won't stand and kind of stop and linger the way that sinners take. And you won't... uh, you won't sit in the seat of mockers. You stay out of the company of the mockers. He says, look, where you sit is really important. Did you notice the progression? That you kind of start moving in that direction. Then you kind of stand there and you hang out a little bit. Eventually, you plant yourself in a spot. Wicked. Sinners, those are interesting words. And then he says mockers. What's a mocker? Someone who mocks God. Someone who dismisses and disregards God's truth. Someone who ignores God's word. Someone who lives their life just kind of based on their own wisdom, on their own thoughts, on their own ideas, what they think's best. Who needs God? He says, look, if you want to be blessed, don't sit there. Don't plant yourself there. Don't park there because you don't want to find yourself in the company of the mockers. Have you ever realized at some point that you were in the company of someone you did not want to be in their company anymore? Do you know what I'm talking about? Sometimes you have to make these decisions and go, I don't know if that's the kind of person I want to be around. I had a little kind of realization about somebody that I don't think I'd want to be around. I read recently about a couple that was getting married So the wife had sent out a little reminder, said, hey, everybody should have got their invitations. And so if you didn't RSVP yet, we'd really appreciate it that that you would. In fact, she said it this way. If you have not, then please RSVP by Sunday. Otherwise, we're not gonna be able to have you. She's a real sweetheart. She then went on to say, that being said, I would like to announce our gift registry to everyone. To all those coming to my wedding, there are a list of gifts you can bring. You must, capital M-U-S-T, you must choose from the list or consult me first. There are no exceptions. Oh, it gets better. It gets better. The list includes any KitchenAid appliance over $350. Now, this does not mean regular items like an apron or a spatula. I'm talking about a stand mixer, a blender, etc. Any Gucci or Louis Vuitton purses. Other purses are allowed, but please consult me first. Any clothes over $400 from Calvin Klein, Moschino, or Nora's. New floor tiles for the entire house. (laughs) I know this one's a bit of a stretch, but I'd gladly appreciate it. I'm just reading it for you, friends. A new car or a new trim from my car or anything in relation to the car. And then she goes on from there. And eventually, the bride explains that she's expecting everyone to spend at least $400 on wedding gifts. And then she added a link to a spreadsheet where guests can find out what everybody else is bringing. Now, if you got that invitation, would you kind of all of a sudden have a prior commitment and not be able to make it to the wedding? I know I would. 
Because you know what I would say? I do not want to be in the company of that mocker. Because <laughs> sometimes there's things that just alert us to the fact, that's not the direction I want to go. Those aren't the kinds of people I want to be with. I don't want to be influenced by that. So what does the psalmist say? He says, look, I want to tell you how to be blessed. And we're going to start here. Let me start by telling you what you should not do. Because if that's the choice you're gonna make, it's not gonna end well for you. So let's go ahead and just do the same thing he does. Let's put a little warning around it here. Let's put a little caution. And he says, look, first step, you wanna be blessed? Don't do this. Be careful where you plant yourself. Don't sit in the seat of the mocker. Instead, though, he says, watch this. Psalm 1, verse 2, if you wanna be blessed, who's blessed? The one whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. So let, let's define a couple of words here that will help us. When he says law, especially when we're, we're, we're thinking about the Bible, we usually jump right to the Old Testament scriptures that give the Jewish law. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, we talk about that as the Pentateuch. So oftentimes when we think of the law, we go there. The word though there for law is more than just those five books of the Old Testament. It has to do with any anointed writing from God. It's, it's what we would refer to as the Torah. And when we talk about that, he's not just talking there about the old Jewish law. When he talks there about law, he's talking about the book of Psalms. He's talking about the anointed Torah, the, the, the songs that he's about to give to you. And he says to you, look, if you wanna be blessed your first step is to make sure that you're paying attention to the law, to the writings, to the songs that are in this book. Like take these psalms and make them the soundtrack of your life. What does he say for us to do? The one who's blessed is the one whose delight is in the law of the Lord. What do you mean by delight? Well, you, you find purpose there. You find joy you're willing to say, God, I'm, I'm gonna choose your word. I'm gonna delight myself in your word. And then he says this, the one who, and this has always bugged me, to be honest, the one who meditates on his law. Is that like you gotta, oh, is that what that means? Now, the idea of meditate is what feeds and shapes your heart and your mind. That both day and night, when choices come your way, when you face challenges, when you have to make decisions, you have to deal with the circumstances that come your way. When we say meditate, the idea is in those moments, how do you make those decisions? How do you make those choices? Do you let these songs become the soundtrack, the, 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 the notes, the rhythm, the music of your life? Literally, he's just giving you a choice. And he said, where are you gonna plant yourself? Are you gonna plant yourself over here, just making your own decisions, letting your own choices come through? Or are you willing to say, God, will you let your word be the place where I meditate so that day and night, it becomes the lens through which I see the world? It becomes the filter that helps me make decisions. That when circumstances and situations come my way, whether day or night, my first response is to go, God, what does your word say? that his word, and in particular, these 150 songs, become the soundtrack for your life. So that when a circumstance comes your way that you didn't expect, are you willing to let God's word be the thing that helps you navigate that? 
that when you have to make a choice, do you just do it based on your own wisdom? Are you willing to say, God, let your wisdom speak to me? When you have to decide how you're gonna parent or what career you're gonna choose or where you're gonna go to school or how you're gonna navigate that tough situation, what you're gonna do about that difficult conversation or how you're gonna step into that incredible opportunity when these things come knocking on our doors and we're trying to decide, what do I do next? How do I make this decision? How do I navigate the fact that it feels like there are people out to get me? <laughs> what do I do in those moments when I'm just sad? The psalmist says, in all those places in your life, here's how you can be blessed. Instead of planting yourself over there, plant yourself here. Plant yourself in a place where these songs become the soundtrack for your life, because then you'll be blessed. Have you ever had something planted in the wrong place and then you've gotta move it to the right place? Like if you, if you buy plants and you're gonna plant them, they usually have a little tag that says, does well in the sun or does well in the shade or that kind of thing. Well, I'll be honest, there's been times when we've planted things in the shade that should be in the sun. Anybody else? Because I want them in that spot at the house. And then after a little while, you watch and you go, they're not doing so well there because there's not enough sun there or there's too much sun there. So you know what we gotta do? We got the wrong plant in the wrong place. We gotta move that plant and put it in the right place. And when you plant it in the right place, you know what it begins to do? <laughs> it begins to thrive. It does well. See, you're not designed to be planted over here. If you wanna be blessed, if you wanna thrive, if you wanna see God's blessing in your lives, we're designed to be planted over here. We need plenty of exposure to the sun, do we not? That was like a little pun, did you get it? Okay. Why, why is this so important? Well, let's go back to the text, Psalm 1, verse three. He says, that person, the one who plants themselves over here, the one who's in this seat, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. I like that line. I want God's prosperity, his blessing, his favor in my life. You gotta remember that this psalm is being written to people who live in a very arid desert culture. So when you talk about water, water is a valuable commodity. <laughs> like it's a huge resource. So when it says that you can be like a, hang on a minute. She's not much, but she'll have to do. When it says that you can be like a tree that is planted by the water, it says you, you can be right in the place where the source of life comes right to you. When you let this be the soundtrack for your life, these songs will pour life right into you. And when it does, you'll yield fruit in season. I wanna be fruitful. I want my life to produce the things that God has designed me produce, to be blessed in the ways that he's created me to be blessed. And what do you do when tough time comes? Well, when tough times come, we know that that leaf does not wither. There's a resilience that comes when you're planted here and whatever they do prospers. I wanna be planted in the right place. I wanna be planted in the place where I know that I can thrive, where I know that I'm in the place where God wants me to be. There's something powerful there because it's so much better than the alternative. It's so much better than being in this place. 
Why? Well, what's the psalmist told us? He says, look, if you want to be blessed, don't choose this seat. Instead, choose this seat and be planted here. Remember, I told you it's a wisdom psalm, right? So you have a choice. What are you going to do with these songs? What are you going to do with God's word? Not just are you going to hear it, but are you going to live it? When he says meditate, what he means is will it become the, the filter, the, the lens, how you make the decisions in your life? Because this one, you, you stay over here, you're going to be planted by the water and you're going to be fruitful and you're going to be blessed and you're going to prosper and you're going to have resilience in tough times. But over here, what's over here like? Well, look what verse verse, amen? Okay, look at what verse four says. I get excited with Psalm one. Verse four, not so the wicked, not so the ones who choose this seat. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. We don't live, most of us, in much of an agricultural society. So that word chaff just kind of literally blows right by us. What is it? Well, when they would harvest the, the grain, the wheat, it would have this husk that was on the actual seeds. Well, that's the chaff. And so what you would have to do is you'd have to take it and you'd have to beat it. You'd have to winnow it, thresh it, so that the chaff, the husky stuff, which is lighter, would break off from the actual wheat seed, from the actual grain that they would have. And then they would throw it up in the air. They had these special like forks, rake type things, that they would throw it up in the air and then it's a wind would blow the wind would blow the chaff away and what was good, the heavy seed, would drop back down so then it could be planted and it could be used and it could be created into things that would feed and bring nourishment and sustain them. It could bring prosperity and fruitfulness to them. He says, look, if you're planted here, just based on your own wisdom, just kind of following the current of the world around you, then in this seat, it may seem like you've created something for a while, but it's only gonna last for a short time. It has no lasting value. And eventually, what you've planted yourself in is gonna be like the chaff that just blows away. He says, that's your decision. That's your choice. Do you wanna plant yourself in a place that's gonna last and matter? Or do you wanna plant yourself in a place it's gonna have no real lasting value. And eventually, you're just gonna watch that thing blow away. It's a powerful choice that he gives. He says, you choose what you will do with God's truths because they'll make all the difference in the world. Why is this so important? Because I think we live in a world where so many of us are so quickly put in places where it's so easy to sit in this seat. Let's just be honest, that, that, that current, that trend to walk this way, it's in our workplaces, it's in our families, it's in our schools, our friendships, it's just kind of natural. It's natural for us to just kind of come here. And can I be honest with you? We live in a world that's really tired right now. Would you agree? People are weary. Monster.com, the, the website that does a lot of job search, hiring help, that kind of thing, they recently did a poll, and they found that 95%, so it's 95 out of 100 people, 95% of the people they polled said that they're thinking about quitting their job. 92% of, 92 of them said, I think I might just start a whole new career. And when they asked people why, 
the vast majority of people said, because I'm just burned out. I'm just weary. Life's just hard right now. And this is exactly what this psalm addresses, that we need to be wise and careful that as we plan our lives, as we make choices, as we make decisions about the day-to-day things in our lives, do we just sit here or are we willing to let God's word kind of set the rhythm and the tune for our lives so that we can be planted in a place that even though times get difficult, that leaf doesn't have to wither and we can still be fruitful. Does that make sense? So there's a great promise here in this psalm. It's why he's encouraging us, make sure you choose wisely what you will do with the songs in this book. Here's how he concludes it. Psalm 1, verse 5. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. We don't, we don't use that word way a lot. If we're gonna talk about what, what kind of path we're on, if you go out in front of the building, we don't call that Conant Way, we call it Conant Street, right? So if you wanna think of it that way, for the Lord watches over the street of the righteous, but the street of the wicked, the, the road that the wicked are on, that one leads to destruction. That one, if, if you're just gonna plant yourself here and kind of go your own way, that one's gonna lead to destruction. But this one, you plant yourself over here on this street, well, that one, that one leads to blessing because it says that the Lord watches over. Isn't it good to know that the Lord watches over us? That he's looking out for us. Even in those moments where it feels like we're all alone, even in those moments where we don't have a clue, anybody ever not had a clue? <laughs> in those moments, it doesn't just mean that the Lord watches over us. If you dig into what that language means, it has the idea that the Lord knows that God knows what's going on in your life. He doesn't just see it, he knows it. He knows what you're feeling. He knows what you're going through. And he also knows that if you'll trust him, he's given you an incredible resource so that you can prosper and be resilient and be fruitful if you will plant yourself in his truths. So that's the wisdom psalm that we choose. He says, ultimately, you have the choice what street you will end up on. Do you want to end up on a street that leads to prosperity and life and blessing? Or do you want to end up on a street that ultimately leads to something that doesn't have real value or matter? And he says, your choice is you've got to choose where you're going to plant yourself. You choose which seat you're going to sit in. And the point he wants you to see in this psalm is this. Your seat determines your street. (laughs) If you wanna choose what direction you're gonna go, it's all based on where you plant yourself. And if you wanna know how to find the secret, he says it's right here in this book. I'm giving you 150 songs that you can use to become the soundtrack for your life. That when you walk through difficult moments, when you have tough times, and at times when you see God's blessing just pouring over in your life, And at times when it feels like somebody's out to get you, we're gonna look at these next few weeks is that the Psalms are songs for the seasons of your life. That these Psalms, what we find in God's word, these these songs that we're gonna look at, these Psalms are songs for the seasons of your life. And so you have to choose. How am I gonna let these songs 
set the tone for my life? What rhythm will I pick up? How will I choose to live? How will I choose to see the world around me? Will I let these songs become the soundtrack for my life? And ultimately the question is, where are you gonna plant yourself? Because where you plant yourself determines where you end up. Your seat determines your street. And here, he says, is a great resource for you. Songs that you can use for every season. A soundtrack for your life. And I don't know about you, but I need that. I need some help sometimes to kind of set the rhythm, to get the heart pumping, to bring some adrenaline. Does anybody have a hype song? Do you know what I mean? There's times when you need to get a little fired up about something, kind of get the old ticker ticking. There's a song that you play. It's your hype song. Back in, um, I think it was December, it was a Sunday after church, I was supposed to go speak somewhere after the service. So Ron and I went and grabbed some lunch and then I came back to the church because I had a couple hours in between and I wasn't ready. And so I needed to finish working on what I was, what I was gonna share and what I was gonna say. So I got back to the church and I kind of snuck in the building because I knew I didn't have much time and I just, I, I needed to get some work done. So I went up to my office. There was an event happening. Our, our student ministry, CSM, our youth group was here and they had an event going on. So I just snuck up into my office and I've got a chair that I sit in up there kind of when I'm doing this kind of work. So I got, got kind of in my chair and I got working, studying, getting ready to speak that night. And all of a sudden I realized it'd been like 90 minutes and I hadn't moved. Like I just kind of sat there and I was working and I was getting a lot done. It was really good. And all of a sudden I realized, I wonder if there's anybody else in the building anymore. I bet everybody's gone. I thought, well, I'll check. So I sent Pastor Matt, Pastor Jay a quick text, and I didn't tell them I was there. <laughs> I just said, are you guys still at Calvary? And they're like, oh, no, we left about a half an hour ago, but don't worry, we locked the building and we set the alarm. Everything is good. <laughs> you know what that means? I'm a prisoner in my office now. Like, because as soon as I stand up, it's gonna trigger that alarm to go off. Like motion sensors, doors, all that business. I get out of this seat, which I've been sitting in for far too long. The second I stand up, the clock starts ticking. I got 30 seconds. My office is upstairs on a far end of the building. I have to run all the way down the hall, down the stairs, further down the hall, so that then I can get to the panel that you do to put the code in. I'm not telling you my code. Put the code in and then call the police department or call the security company before the police show up. So I put my phone down from texting these guys and I'm like, there's no way. I mean, the last thing I need is the police pulling up to the building and me trying to explain I'm, I'm, I'm the pastor, right? <laughs> so I'm like, there's no way. And then all of a sudden it hit me, you better believe there's a way. <laughs> I can do that. That's not that tough. I can make this happen. So my heart starts ticking. I can feel the adrenaline starting to course through my veins. And I said, you know what I need right now? I need a hype song. <laughs> True story. In the building, all by myself, open up my phone, turn the volume all the way up, found it in my music library, and I hit my hype song. Yeah. Man, I knew it. I knew it right then and there. 
put my phone in my pocket, stood up, and I took off. I shot down those stairs, shot down that hall, prayed that no one was there to hear or see this, punched that code in, called the security company, mission accomplished, you are welcome. It was, it was not near as dramatic as how I just told it. I'm glad there is no security camera footage of that any longer, amen? But you know what I needed? In that moment, I needed a soundtrack for my life. By the way, that's the same song in the junior high that me and my best friend tried to record that his mom could not hear or we'd have been in trouble. I needed the eye of the tiger. And some of you will find that right in these 150 songs. Moments when you need a soundtrack for your life. Can I tell you, this book is full of hype songs. And God designed it to help you get to a place where you can thrive and be resilient and you can prosper. Here's my question, what are you listening to? Like in those moments when your enemy comes knocking, you ever read the Psalms? <laughs> There's an enemy at every turn. And can I tell you, you have an enemy who wants to destroy your life. You know that, right? So when your enemy comes, what song are you listening to? When you start to remember your past, where do you find peace? Where do you find forgiveness? When times are hard, when you don't have answers to the things you're facing, what's the, what's the song you put on repeat in those moments? When you need an awakening, when you need wisdom, when you need life, when you have to make a decision and you're not sure how you're gonna find the insight that you need, when you're about to have that difficult conversation or you gotta walk into that situation or you look and things are too good to believe that they're like this, you're like, I can't believe I have this opportunity. And you're like, I don't know if I'm enough. I don't know that I can do it. Where do you go in those moments? Like, I know what it's like to be lying in your bed at night and feel like there is no one or no thing that knows or understands and can help. And you have that grip of fear that comes over you. And you wonder if in the dark of that night there's any hope. And I can tell you that in those moments of my life, you know where I found it? Can I tell you the only place I found it? It's actually been in the book of Psalms. <laughs> and when you open it up and you let that song become the soundtrack of that moment in your life, it changes everything. Look, for some of you in these next few weeks, the very best thing you can do is just to jump in at Psalm 1 and say, God, I'm gonna start reading this part of your word. Maybe you've read it a thousand times. I guarantee you he can give you something fresh on a thousand and one, true? And maybe for some of you, you, you go, how do I start? Man, just, just start. If you read one a day, you'll be done in five months. Come back and see me in uh, January. We'll talk about it. If you want to get through it in a month, read five a day. You'll get there. For some of you, the very best thing you could do this week is to think about the songs that you had on repeat in past seasons of your life. When Psalm 23 or, or Psalm 73 or Psalm 27 or Psalm 103 or Psalm 119 or Psalm uh, 144 or whatever it was that you went to in that season, when Psalm 91 spoke to your life and go back to it, it may have been decades since that time, but it's not only going to resonate in your heart again, it's going to remind you that God is faithful. Amen.
Some of us, the most important thing we can do in this season is to let these songs, and this is our prayer over the course of these next few weeks, that these songs will become the soundtrack for your life. Because when I talked a few moments ago about those nights, when you just feel all alone, and you're not sure what to do, some of you that wasn't in the past, some of you it might've been as recent as last night. And what God wants to do through his word is let you know that he is watching over you. He knows where you are and he wants these songs to become the thing that sets the tone for this season in your choices, in your home, in your life, and in your spirit. So would you bow your heads with me for just a moment? And look, I feel like there's probably two groups of people in particular who need to walk out of here with a, with a different kind of resolve today. You're watching this on TV or you're, you're watching this online and there's a decision that you have to make. For, for some of us in these last few moments, you've thought to yourself, I wonder if I'm in the wrong seat. <laughs> I look at the street I wanna be on and I look at the direction that my life is going and I wonder if I've spent a little too much time in the seat of the mockers, in the seat of those who have it all figured out. And that today's the day when I need to maybe transplant myself from this seat to the one that is planted by the water, to the one that has a lens and a focus on God's word and God's truths and let his songs, to let his life set the tone for mine. In fact, maybe some of you in these next few moments, you really need to say for the first time, or maybe for a new time, Jesus, I, I plant myself in you. I surrender my life to you. I give you my life. I need your help, your forgiveness your leadership. And so I choose this seat today. Move the second group of people that I really want to pray for today are those of you who are just, let's be honest, in a tough season. Maybe it's because of choices you've made or it could be just completely the season of life that you're in. And for whatever reason, because of this moment, this season, those choices, that person, that loss, that opportunity, you would just say, God, I need your word to set the tone for my life. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, thanks for the choice that it's presented to us today. That we can choose to sit in a seat that sees no lasting results or we can sit in a seat where you can bless us. So Lord, we choose to let you, Jesus, God, to let your word be the soundtrack for the seasons of our life, that you'd speak to us by your word. Lord, I pray that this week for every single one of us, would you give us a moment where your word from the Psalms, from your scriptures, would just speak to us and resonate in a way 
that will set the tone for the moment that we're in. And Lord, I pray in particular for the one who's in a tough season. Lord, would you remind them right now that you are watching over them, that you know exactly where they are. God, there's someone who's watching this or listening to this or sitting in this room who coming to this service today just felt empty and alone and maybe even distant from you. God, would you remind them right now that you know who they are, you know what they're going through, and you wanna pour out your life to them in this season with resilience and blessing and favor. Lord, in these next few weeks, as we, as we look at your word, God, would you speak to us about the seasons we're in? And Lord, even use your word to prepare us for the seasons that are ahead. Holy Spirit, thanks for the way you work in our lives. May we choose your word to be the songs of this season for our hearts. Lord, as we go from here, we ask that you'd go with us. And would you send us out with your special favor and with your wonderful peace? And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday. Thanks for being here.